Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Chasing Childhood. My name is Steph. And I'm Lex. And I'm Jackie. And I'm Tyler. And we are a weekly podcast where we revisit our favorite childhood movies and video games to see if they still hold up as adults. We are together! (laughs) Woo! We are in person together this week. Yay! (laughs) This week's film is just incredible, guys. Badum to <laughs> but this week we are re-watching Pixar's 2004 film, The Incredibles. A film that, according to our last episode, is in my top five, but also is not in my top five, but is close to my top five. Uh, just to clarify, it is in my top five, okay? <laughs> I don't know what I was doing last time. I got a text from Lex that was like, so I said that it wasn't, it, it was in my top five, and then five minutes later I said it wasn't in my top five. <laughs> it's just like, I just want to clarify. <laughs> I was like, why am I so annoying? It was so Uh, funny. Honestly, that's just how it goes, you know? (laughs) Whatever came out of my mouth two minutes ago, none of my business. It's the past. (laughs) It's the past. past. Let it go. (laughs) We ignore the past. It distracts from the now, darling. (laughs) Well played. That was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) That's just going to be this whole episode, guys. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I can feel the eye rolls in the room. (laughs) I'm already over it. All right. Well, The Incredibles is a 2004 American computer animated superhero film produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. The film was written and directed by Brad Bird, who also did The Iron Giant and Ratatouille. He also kind of looks like Mr. Incredible. (laughs) And the music for the film was composed by Michael Giacchino from Up. He also directed Marvel's Werewolf by Night. I love that Brad Bird was like, you know what? Movies with giant robots are just my thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm staying in my wheelhouse. Um, so the film stars Craig T. Nelson from Parenthood and Grace and Frankie and a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Holly Hunter from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? and Succession. Sarah Vowell, Spencer Fox from Air Buddies and Kim Possible. He played the little twin brothers. Um, Jason Lee from My Name is Earl and Alvin and the Chipmunks, and the one and only Samuel L. Jackson, who needs no introduction because he's been in every film ever, and I've seen his master class, and he's just the best. (laughs) Brad Bird pitched the film to Pixar after his first feature film, The Iron Giant, completely flopped at Warner Brothers, and actually carried over much of its staff to develop The Incredibles. Mm. The Incredibles debuted at the El Capitan Theater on October 24th, 2004, and was released in theaters in the United States on November 5th. It earned $632 million worldwide, finishing its theatrical run as the fourth highest-grossing film of 2004, behind Shrek 2, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and Spider-Man 2. Those are some solid films that I was going up against. Very solid, and I'm kind of impressed because we definitely quoted Spider-Man 2 while watching this. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Um, So The Incredibles won two Academy Awards for Best Animated Feature and Best Sound Editing, with two additional nominations for Best Original Screenplay and Best Sound Mixing. It also won the Annie Award for Best Animated Feature and was the first entirely animated film to win the prestigious Hugo Award for Best Dramatic Presentation. For 15 years, The Incredibles had the biggest November opening weekend for an animated film until it was dethroned by Frozen 2 in 2019. Due to the success of the film, a sequel, Incredibles 2, was released in June 2018. But the real question is, would we rather watch The Incredibles or Frozen 2? The Incredibles. (laughs) Every time. You guys are awfully quiet. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. (laughs) 
Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Uh, oh, ooh, ooh. Mysterious. Suspense. <laughs> All right. If you've never seen this incredible film or if society has broken you and you've forgotten what joy is as an adult, <laughs> here's a reminder via plot summary written by Johnny on IMDb. Why were those the two ends of the spectrum? <laughs> You either have never seen it or you hate joy. (laughs) Uh, Superheroes are no longer a secret to the world. Their identities are known to the U.S. government and they've become model citizens in a conforming world. But heroes know no limits to persistence. Retired superhero Mr. Incredible receives a mysterious message from a mysterious woman on a seemingly deserted island. Little does Mr. Incredible realize that he will soon be in the crosshairs of a conspiracy involving all the world's superheroes. Honestly, that's on him. (laughs) For not figuring it out earlier. (laughs) I mean, talk about playing the victim. Like, (laughs) wow. Okay. Take some accountability, Mr. Incredible. Anyways, let's get into our fun facts. (laughs) So our first fun fact is that this is the only Pixar film to not feature the Pizza Planet truck. I feel like that might be a canon thing because this is kind of the like 1950s, 1960s-esque and maybe Pizza Planet didn't exist yet in the Pixar universe. Yeah, because the whole thing takes place in like the 60s. So that's possible. I thought that like them being banned was in like the 60s and then it was like taking place in the 80s 90s no because they're all living in those mid-century houses with yeah the mid-century and the cars clothes. like all the cars are all her hair is the um, mid-century it's like grease <laughs> i did not even it's put that like together grease grease the movie not grease the no i know i just that was not where i thought the not comparison grease the was country. gonna be <laughs> not grease the country no, I did not think you were going to compare it to Grease, the movie. They just we, need, like, an old-fashioned pizza yeah, planet. We needed some, like, snapping and something. <laughs> this film is missing a lot of walking down the street and yeah, snapping. snapping and wearing leather jackets. <laughs> so, my first fun fact is that when Mr. Incredible is called into Mr. Herf, his boss, played by Wallace Shawn's office, at one point, Mr. Herf places his hand on a piece of paper. And judging from Mr. Incredible's expression... We probably think that this paper is meant to be a termination notice, but it's actually a memo to all employees letting them know that they will be responsible for buying all of their office supplies. (laughs) It also states that parking will be metered by the hour and that their electricity usage will be deducted from their paychecks. The letter concludes by saying the InsurCare has recorded its highest profits in years. (laughs) Wow. So I guess actually, so going back to what we just talked about, I guess he was on a computer. So I guess let's yeah. you yeah. weren't wrong with like thinking that you were. I mean, in it was a 90s. big chunky computer, yeah. but that's yeah. like what it was. Like that was yeah, that was yeah. The kind of computer I had as a kid in the nineties. Yeah, hundred so percent big maybe, white chunky computer. Maybe The Incredibles takes place. It has to take place in a different world then, because if it's like modern day, but they all still have like very like mid century houses. It's and like alternate timeline. Yeah, it's like an alternate timeline. That's interesting. It says the main events occur in nineteen sixty two. Wild, but they have a computer. Yeah, they got Windows XP 30 years right. at time. <laughs> Jot it down. Things that and I like, would change. <laughs> and like with all the technology that Syndrome had on the island, I yeah. was like, there's no way. Yeah, we hadn't even been to the moon yet, yeah. right? 62. Yeah. Syndrome's got rockets. Because we went to the moon in 1969. That's the only way I know that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But yeah. Like, mm. especially like they had holograph, like holographics and everything. They had like 
so much technology on the island. How is that possible? Yeah, yeah. Pixar. Stupid little bull monorail cars. Right. <laughs> Pixar, answer. <laughs> we have their phone number from the last We episode. do. <laughs> Let's call them. Um, so our next fun fact is that Dash's voice actor was a 10-year-old boy named Spencer Fox at the time. Considering that Dash is always running around, he's often out of breath, Brad Bird, the director, wanted it to sound authentic. So the story is that he made Fox run laps around the studio to capture that quality in, in Dash's voice. That's awesome. And I think it went well. Method. Yep. <laughs> it sounds like it went well. Yeah. So my last fun fact is that during development, villain Bomb Voyage was supposed to be named Bomb Perignon. <laughs> <laughs> the famous champagne maker would not provide legal rights for the use of the name so that it was changed. That's so good. I love it. I love that he appears in Ratatouille, too. It's yeah. so good. He quit. He was a mime. Um, so our last fun fact is that this is the first non-rated G Pixar film. In The Incredibles, there are a few things that seemed a little bit more mature to get a G rating. Um, for example, Helen worries about Bob having an affair. Syndrome mentions something about getting busy. <laughs> and Bob and Helen constantly indulge in P- PDA. So this is rated PG. I mean, not for the violence? <laughs> not not for the body? The body? <laughs> the body count? <laughs> we'll get into that later. Um, so what was it like to rewatch this? When was the last time we saw this? I think... I think the last time I saw this was probably a few years ago. I think I watched this right before Incredibles 2 came out. That's what I was going to yeah. say. I think, I think you we and might I have watched re-watched it. it before seeing Incredibles 2 in theater. Yeah, I think we watched it to like refresh our memories, but that was probably the last time. Mm-hmm. What about you guys? Uh, probably in the last year. Okay. Yeah, I probably saw it like a few months ago. I really like this movie. I could tell because you were quoting it the whole time. I was time. being that annoying person that just says every line that comes to my mind the entire movie. But you were doing it like 10 seconds in advance. Yes. Like it was, I was impressed because like you knew where the scene was going oh, like yes. just from the opening of the scene. Yeah. Do not doubt my skills, Tyler. <laughs> I was bored for this, okay? I was born to annoy you guys. No, it was great. It was very impressive. I can verify. <laughs> if you're gonna insult me you need to speak up so the mic can catch it <laughs> say it with your chest I can verify your annoyance <laughs> thank you <laughs> um, so what was it like to watch this as adults I definitely picked up on more so you mentioned about the, the rating and the G rating all yeah. the adult themes just the the implication of the affair and all that yep. I think I picked up on that part of it a little bit more and then like Mr. Incredible's um sadness when he thinks that his family uh got exploded and all that um I think I picked up on all that more when definitely when I definitely the first time I would watch it I just cared about cool action heroes yeah yeah. I think the main thing we focused on this time is how many people were unalived during the course yeah. of this movie. Yeah. It starts when Mr. Incredible at the very beginning throws a tree on someone's car. <laughs> and, like, it just keeps going from there. Like, Tyler found a website that I think clocked it at 21, but that feels that low. That feels very yeah. low. That feels low. The website is called All Out of Bubblegum, uh, after the famous phrase, I'm here to kick ass and chew bubble gum and I'm all out of gum. Uh, and it does a body count by character, by scene, um, and by reason. And yes, it has the final tally at 21, but it says there are some that are unconfirmed and uncounted. 
Mm. Um, which include many henchmen that are not unconscious. No, they're dead. Like, I'm yeah. sorry, they exploded. They literally blew up and ran into cliff sides. Like, oh my gosh. They're dead. Like, I was saying during the whole, like, during the whole movie, so many people died, and the only person they saved was the one guy that wanted to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and then he ended up suing Mr. Incredible for it. Just so wild. Yeah, Mr. Incredible's wall had a lot of, like, pictures from, like, it had, like, a little schoolgirl said, thank you for saving us, with, like, yeah. him, whatever, holding up a, a school mm-hmm. bus. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I am a little bit more surprised that they didn't explicitly show more scenes of, like, here's us saving civilians during the robot attack. Like, it was all just about them versus the robot. Yeah. And not, like, oh, no, this, like, kid is trapped in a car. Save the kid. Yeah, because I think I mentioned that while we were watching it. I was, like, I see someone driving. Like, one, why are people still driving? But, like, there's nobody around when they're doing this. Like, there's nobody out on the street. There's nobody in buildings. And then, like... Only when they've defeated the robot do people actually come out and go, wow, that was so great. And I was like, where were you guys? Where were you hiding this whole time? It's very weird. Yeah. And like, it made me laugh that this is, I think this is probably one of the first movies that shows you kind of like the aftermath of Mm -hmm. superheroes doing their thing. Because it's like, every other superhero movie is like, yay, they did such an amazing job. But like this movie and the second one are like, okay, but the city is destroyed. Yeah. So, like, what now? I thought it was interesting how it showed that the one dude suing him opened up, like, the ability for all superheroes to get sued and yeah. all the lawsuits that came out. And then they were like, the government is the one that pays for it. Mm-hmm. And they're the ones that, you know, end up eating the cost. But I thought that was really fascinating how it, was, it wasn't just like, Mr. Incredible got sued and now, like everybody has to go underground it was like oh no this just opened up for everybody yeah. like to start suing the the superheroes and then it like kind of snowballs from there which was kind of a nice thing because i think it would be unrealistic if it was like the one lawsuit and then now all superheroes like can't be right. can't be out in public so i thought that was a really cool touch that i definitely missed the first time there was if you noticed on the newspaper headlines when they're running through that scene there was one about the x-ray vision guy the being like tom. a peeping tom <laughs> yeah. which another we, adult joke yes yeah. right another adult joke and we brought it up in uh when we were even just watching it but it reminds me a lot of um amazon's the boys yeah uh which is just a very dark take that's a very dark so take gory. on the dc yeah. um superheroes mm-hmm. but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of it that also dives into what are the downsides of having superheroes mm-hmm. integrated with regular people? And yeah, and like the government controlling yeah. everything as well. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I really liked about this movie as well was the whole family dynamic. I love that they felt like an actual family and like they were arguing the whole time. Dash and Violet are always going head to head trying to beat each other up. Um, and Jack-Jack's just kind of there, and the mom's, like, her focus is the baby, of course, and, like, um, I feel like it was kind of cute to also involve, like, Violet and Dash struggling to, like, grow up in this world that, like, is happening because of their parents and everything, uh, but they're both, like, kind of awkward, like, Dash is trying to find his way, and he just wants to do sports, and they don't want to let him, and, um, I just, like, the whole family dynamic and Elastigirl is the best. Like, yeah. Yeah. I like that they made them still be a family and have yeah. the family na- dynamic even after everybody's wearing the super suits, everybody's fighting crime and doing stuff together. Like 
I think of when they're going to fight the robot and they're all in the RV and Dash is like, are we there yet? He's like, we'll get there when we get there. And I'm like, that's so cool though. They're keeping all the dynamics and keeping the family spirit alive, even though like, I think a lot of superheroes by that point would be like, it's all resolved and now they're all on the same team and they're like kicking butt together and what have you. And this is like, no, they are very much still like a dysfunctional family, but they just so happen to be superheroes and love each other and are very good at their job. So I like that they kept a lot of that together. That was cool. Yeah, I think the dysfunction kind of made them more relatable, too. Yeah. It was was Bob stuck in, like, the glory days Mm -hmm. and just looking at all of his old pictures. He's, like, the guy that peaked in high school, kind of. Yeah. And then Helen trying to, like, struggling on a daily basis just with trying to manage the household and the kids and the kids being menaces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and then Mr. Incredible and her, like, running through the hallways in Syndrome's lair, and she's like, I don't like your tone! Yeah. (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, no, I like that they kept that dynamic. I think it's important because it makes them feel like whole characters and not Mm -hmm. just, like, they're putting it on for show until, like, everything falls into place and now we're all good now. Like, no. Yeah. Guarantee that, like, after their house has now exploded, they're gonna, like, argue about something that blew up that they needed, you know? So... And the fact that they got a babysitter for Jack-Jack and that just sprouted a whole other, like... Like, Jack-Jack attack that just sprouted, like, a whole other um, little scene that was really cute. Um, Just... I love the detail that went into this. I thought it was really adorable. Like how I mentioned earlier, Jack, um, Dash and Violet are like fighting under the table. And then the next scene, like their hair is super staticky yeah. and like just messed up, which I liked. I thought it was really good. The one thing that bothered me, though, was the police officers in the one scene where like <laughs> where Mr. Incredible saves everyone. Mm-hmm. And they're like, he got away. And I'm like, where the hell were you guys? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not doing any work at all. I feel like that's really typical in a lot of superhero movies. Like, we see that in Marvel movies, too, where it's like, we need a perimeter, we need yeah. to do this, and the police are like, what are you going to do? And it's like, buddy, I did 90% yeah. of the work here. You need to pitch in. You're just an observer <laughs> at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a, not so much a criticism, mm-hmm. but just something um, about the movie and maybe why Steph and I haven't rewatched it in a mm-hmm. while. Um, and it's like, I enjoyed every minute as I was watching the movie, but even now, like, I think what it's missing is like iconic songs. It has iconic music, right? It has like the classic spy thriller kind of music, but like when you hear, um, gosh, why why can't it, what's Frozen? It's the Frozen song. Let it go. Yes. See, and you <laughs> know right away, go. and you are just immediately reminded of Frozen. And mm-hmm. like, of course, princesses, everybody loves them. But like, I think that... Like Toy Story, you got a friend in me. Yes, That's Toy Story, a, yeah. you got a friend in me. It's like, the Incredibles are all awesome characters. Like, everything about this movie works. And so I'm like, so why isn't it more of a smash hit? And I think it's literally just that they were so true to the style mm-hmm. of the like spy action thriller that they didn't have like a little like musical number or anything about it that will like that'll like come on like a Disney's greatest hits you know it's like you don't have Phil yeah. Collins doing the Tarzan song and then you hear Tarzan and you're reminded oh that's right Tarzan yeah like I don't know I, I feel like for a Disney movie even though not all Pixar movies are like this yeah 
I thought that it needed something like that. Yeah, and I think, I mean, Lex recognized Mr. Incredible comes in the house and he's like sneaking in and he's humming the Incredibles theme song. Mm-hmm. Lex picked that up, but you've seen this movie a lot. Yeah. Whereas I just noticed it at, at like this rewatch though right. for the first time, which is crazy. But you picked up yeah. the, the, the tone of it. Yeah. Like, I did not even catch that. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, he's just humming. I did not even, because I don't like this theme yeah. song isn't memorable to me right. in a lot of ways. So I didn't even pick that up. So I think, yeah, you're definitely right that there's nothing that like, ties it. I think there's a lot of memes that came out of this movie. Like the we're dead! We survive! But we're dead! (laughs) That came out of this. And there's a few things that I think like stick with people. But yeah, definitely no music. Definitely no songs I think that have really like stood the test of time. Yeah. I don't don't know if it, in my opinion, I mean I don't know if it needs it. Um, I thought that it did a really good job of like recognizing what it is and being like, this is a superhero movie. This is Pixar touching on superheroes for the first time. Um, I don't know. Like, I feel like it should have been almost like Monsters, Inc. How it didn't necessarily have a song during the movie, but like, but the credits had a song. Um, I think that would have been really good. But But I guess so. And that's why Monsters, Inc. I think I could put the two of them together in Mm. that. From start to finish, great movies. Yeah. But once I'm done with them, I'm done with them. Mm-hmm. And I think that keeps them out of my top five. Whereas mm-hmm. you said it's yeah. in your top five. Yeah. I, I think a lot of my Pixar top five would be like Up and yeah. Toy Story and the ones that kind of have something that will constantly keep reminding you of them. Yeah. Monsters Inc. will always be my number one. It does not <laughs> need a song because I love it so much. Randy Newman. <laughs> the, worst. <laughs> the worst there was another part I was going to bring up about this movie that I just like I I love how it gave us the whole like Superman effect where the tiniest little mask protects their identities <laughs> that is always hilarious to me and I love how um, like when I was younger I didn't even pick up that Elastigirl was marrying Mr. Incredible <laughs> until like Later on, when she was stretching in, like, house clothes and everything, just, like, completely went over my head. But just the wedding itself, I love how they were, like, take off your mask so nobody recognizes you. But the whole crowd was just superheroes. So, like... And, like, one government employee. Yes. Yeah, well, it's the, the one dude who's, like, following them around and helping them. Mr. Dicker. Edna was there. Yeah. Frozone was there. And then if you notice, the four in the back are the four that Edna describes getting their capes like yeah. caught in things or like dying. Which and is, Gazer Beam, who's yeah. literally we see his body, yeah. like his bones his later bones. in the movie. Which like super dark. I didn't yeah. expect that part of the movie. Like I've seen this a million times, but I never really thought about like, holy crap, this guy was at his wedding and he had to hide behind his bones to not be Yeah, that was intense. Yeah. So fun fact about a different movie, um, Star Wars Episode Four was originally rated G up until the scene where um, Luke comes back to the farm and it shows like it, uh, uh, his aunt and uncle's like corpses. Yeah. And so like that probably also explains why this is now rated PG, right? Yeah. PG, right? Yeah. Because um, it's like, bro, you can't just show skeletons to kids. Like, yeah. <laughs> High <laughs> amounts of murder. Yeah. <laughs> like... Unless it's a movie about skeletons. Ooh, Coco. Coco. Is, is Coco G? <laughs> Let me see. I guess they're happy. Yeah, they're happy skeletons. They're happy not, skeletons. there's no <laughs> implication. These were not happy skeletons. No. <laughs> I think of the Bob Ross happy little trees, but they're happy little <laughs> skeletons. Oh my gosh. Coco is PG. Okay. 
Checks out. No skeletons Maybe. in movies. Because of murder. <laughs> yeah. Because Ernesto de la Cruz killed Hector. He choked on a piece of chorizo. <laughs> chorizo! That's how I want to Why go. is that our entire family? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, so chaotic. I love it. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have much to say about this movie, to be honest. Like, I feel like halfway through, I just stopped taking notes because I was so, I was having so much fun just rewatching it again. Um, I, I mean, the only character yeah. we haven't talked about yet that you guys fawn over is Edna. I love Edna! Edna. She is number one. She's the best character in the whole movie. Like, yes. sorry, it's not even a competition. She's just so good. And... It's funny because she's Brad Bird's voice. So, like, the creator of the movie yeah. made her voice. And I, I was reading when we were going through fun facts. Apparently, I guess, uh, one of the characters from Grace and Frankie, mm-hmm. like, one of them was supposed to do her voice. But then she heard his take on it. And she was like, just use him. That's perfect. Yeah. It's iconic. And, no, I love Edna. And I think, I mean, it, it's kind of a testament how, like, Edna, I think, is the most memed and repeated character from this movie mm-hmm. that gets passed around social media that people quote i mean everyone quotes pull yourself together and and no capes like she's probably the most famous and beloved part of this and i mean she deserves it she gets her whole spinoff or she babysits jack jack in the second one and you know they bring her back and i don't know i i think that she's just like a really cool addition to this because yeah. nobody ever thinks about how the superhero costumes are made yes. like we all make fun of the fact that they're wearing spandex and how does their costume like hold up against fire and you know whatever happens yeah. and she like breaks it down of like everything that she does and it's really cool and you can tell that they definitely talk to fashion designers and fashion people to like get the names of material right and to get like the way that clothing is made it's it's all very specific and I think they did a really good job of kind of creating her character and She's a good addition. I, I like her. I just love her. Like, her energy is everything. Yeah. I love that she just speaks her mind. Yeah. She just, like, she's like, you're in my house. I'm going to walk on the coffee tables <laughs> and on the counters. And, like, I just, I love how high tech everything is. I love how sassy she is. She's less, she's just the best. I I'm, love her. I mean, I also climb on all my furniture. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not unrealistic. <laughs> Tyler she's comes so in the good. kitchen and I'm, like, on the counter, like, reaching for things. <laughs> I think the one uh, complaint that I have, I don't even know if it's a complaint, but um, the Jack-Jack, when he's um, called to the principal's office for putting the tax on, who did I say? Jack-Jack? Oh, I'm sorry. So when Dash, Dash Dashel Robert Parr, is (laughs) taken to the principal's office for putting a thumbtack on the teacher's stool, Mm -hmm. and he moved so fast that he couldn't be picked up by the camera that the teacher had in the room. But then when we go to the island and he's trying to outrun those guys in like the, I I don't even know what they are. Like yeah. little airplane. Like, Hover blades. Hover, yeah, they got like yeah. blades. Yeah. Flying yeah. Roombas. Yeah. <laughs> when they're in the flying Roombas and chasing yeah. him, like he can't outrun them. And so I'm like, he's fast enough that you can't see him. And yet... They're sticking right with him, so... Yeah, I think my only, like, response to that, at least what pops in my head when you just said that, is, like, the distance factor. Like, the fact that he had to run, like, across an island versus just to the stool and back in the classroom. You know what I mean? Like... But I would think he'd be so fast they couldn't see him. Like, that's... Yeah. So it's, like, the how fast he is 
fluctuates throughout the movie. Mm -hmm. Like, apparently he's so fast you physically cannot see him and even, like, a security camera cannot pick him up. Whereas, like, that should be able to literally pause in a frame and maybe catch him in a blur and you Mm -hmm. still can't get him. But then he's not fast enough for them. But then he is fast enough to run across water. And it's, like, how fast he is, I think, changes with what the story needs. So it's not consistent. Yeah. Because I see him as having almost, like, an energy meter where it's, like... He either can run super fast for a short distance or run, like, fast, but not so fast that he breaks the speed of light across I'm an with, island. I'm with Lexi's explanation. Yeah. It also could be the thing that we talked about earlier with the, what era is this? What yeah. time is this? Yeah. Because if it's, like, an old CCTV camera, you know, that it it's a slower, I don't even know, bandwidth speed mm-hmm. for the film. Frame per second. Thank yeah. you. Um, you know, he may be able to outrun that. Yeah, but how dumb does that principle look? Like, you didn't review the evidence before calling in Mrs. Parr now. Yeah. And then you sorry. see it and you're like, my teacher is insane. I'm yeah. sorry. Like, I love what? the teacher. I, I thought he was giving full Mr. Crocker vibes from Fairly Odd Parents. Just like, Fairly Odd Parents. <laughs> just like, Timmy Turner's always guilty. Yes. I loved it. Yes. Definitely. Oh my gosh. Um, Yeah. I really like this movie. What powers would you guys want? Out of every character in this movie, whose powers would you want? Specifically from this movie? Yeah. Jack. 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 Like, so you could have all the powers? Jack. Jack. <laughs> Give me all of them. That's rude. So my answer to this question when you're just given any choice is teleportation. Mm-hmm. So Jack-Jack has teleportation, but I don't think I would want the chaos of everything else that comes yeah. along with it. So I guess I would just stick with maybe Dash's speed, because then that's like kind of the same thing. Uh, I mean, I got to deal with, right, how fast am I really? Yeah. (laughs) But at least I can get, it's always about getting from point A to point B easier. Yeah. I feel like I would choose Elastigirl, because she's basically like the Swiss army knife of She was the MVP in a lot of scenes. Like, she was a parachute at one point. She was a boat. She like could maneuver through the entire place without even being detected with her big ass head just like like how i love her yeah i was gonna pick her but now that i really think about it i'm going with frozone i gotta have i i'm gonna go outside and just be on my best elsa life like i'm gonna be doing the most she's like i will sing let it go while i'm saving the world my one thing about him though is like if he gets dehydrated like he's not worth anything yep I'm not trying to save the world. I'm just trying to have powers. <laughs> Why are you assuming that I'm going to do anything yes, like, with this? I only got to worry about one city. <laughs> I'm not trying to save nothing. But that wasn't part of the prompt. The prompt was, what do I want? Yeah, Seth always complains when the bedroom gets too hot. She's like, ah, I got to cool it down. Wait, wait, can you just do a bunch of Mr. Freeze? I, like, like, I want to do yes. like the Mr. Freeze chill. Just like, there is no water in this air. <laughs> no, I would absolutely be quoting Arnold Schwarzenegger all yes. the time. Oh my gosh. I will cool say it. though. That one scene that him and his wife are arguing. That's me I was like, I was like, honey, we didn't even see what she looks like, no, she's but she is a- incredible. I didn't, I didn't even mean to say it that time. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> My it just twitched. slipped out. I'm sorry. Um, but she was amazing. I love her. I'm like, I wanted a short, a Pixar short with just her in it. Just like. She needs to be a super villain, like, trying to hide his super suit so he can't save the world. Like, I wanted to see her. 
Yeah. Um, no. We literally quoted that entire scene. We did. <laughs> it was so funny. I was like, that's very much me and Tyler, except I am 100% Frozone and he's 100% Honey. Where I'm like, Tyler, where is this? Why do you need it? <laughs> I'm looking for it. <laughs> I love it. She was amazing. And then the little boy that just watches the house the entire time and is just like, I'm waiting for something cool to happen. That was totally wicked. Yes. <laughs> oh. He was fun. He's a fun addition. He's like a good little comedic effect that Plot I like. Plot twist. Yeah. He's a government agent as well. <laughs> oh my gosh. I will say I do love the plot twist at the end. How like, at least I saw it as a plot twist as a kid. And I was like, what? Because uh, Syndrome basically creates the robot. He fights all of these superheroes just to get it ready to fight Mr. Incredible. And then like his whole plan is to trap Mr. Incredible. He tries to kill him. Ends up like locking him up basically and then tries to unleash the robot on the city and then he's like i'm gonna try and make myself look like a superhero but of course the robot gets too smart and beats him up and he literally is unconscious the entire final battle scene and as a kid i was like okay i guess like that's it but then at the end it's like surprise he has jack jack now and Mm -hmm. then we find out Jack-Jack has every superpower imaginable. Yep. I love that they were like, Dash is fast, Violet can turn invisible and make force fields. What should we give Jack-Jack? All of it. (laughs) I bet it was something where they were like, we can't decide what power we want to give him to end this. What if he just had all of them? No, because like D, we, all of the above. Yeah, they're like, we can't, we can't yeah, choose. A baby is like potential. Yes. And so he yes. is like unbridled, yes. uncontrollable yes. potential. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. just love how we were like, I think we saw the end of Syndrome. JK, he has the baby. Right. And all the voicemails from Kari. On yes. The yes. <laughs> so Mrs. good. Mrs. Clark. Things are getting a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally Syndrome gets defeated because of what? A cape. A cape. <laughs> yeah, I like that part. I, I I was very confused at first about, like, Kari, why did you just give the baby yes. the syndrome? But then we watched the, what is it, Jack-Jack attack, yeah. and then you see the part where she's just like, take him from me! He's the worst! <laughs> so I have one question. So, you know, going back to what did we notice as adults, I still am trying to get a read on Mirage. And so... Yeah. At first, as a kid, I thought she had some kind of Mirage superpower. Like, Mirage is yeah. like a superhero name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, so she must have a superpower, right? A superpower or but, stripper. Yeah. <laughs> but, right, like, I don't think she does. High-class prostitute. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so she's clearly, it's there's some implication that she's in some way romantically involved with Syndrome, yeah. kind of, because she's like, we're both attracted to power when she's yeah. having dinner with Mr. Incredible. But, like... Then, obviously, the whole scene in the interrogation room, and she gets mad at him, and so she kind of, like, betrays him at the end, but it, she's kind of just, like, left on the island, yeah. and kind of just, I don't know, it was just a very interesting character, like, she was exposition, and, yeah. like, obviously, like, so that Syndrome didn't reveal himself, but just, I still just couldn't get a read on her. Yeah. Like, she was interesting, because I thought, when I was a kid... That the I, I didn't remember the part where she almost dies or whatever, mm-hmm. or she gets threatened. I thought when I was a kid that it was the part where they announced that there's children on the plane, and that was what made her be like, This isn't cool, those are kids. Yeah, and then that because like they even show she did look shocked, they show yeah. her face, they yes. show her face, and she's like, Oh my god, there's children, and then she looks very upset after they think they've blown it up because she's like, 
it it was destroyed. Like, oh my God, kids. Yeah. And that's, again, still not what does it. What does it is that he grabs her and then threatens to kill her and then Syndrome doesn't step in in any way. Is like, actually do it. Mm -hmm. And then that seems to be what triggers her but when i was a kid for some reason i remembered it as the the children dying allegedly is what is what upset her so, so i much. don't think you're wrong but i remember somebody that was talking about like just bad guy henchmen once and was like oh they deserve it they signed up for this program what did she think that's going to happen when the giant killer robot gets to the city that right. kids are going to be okay yeah right. like you can't now all of a sudden be valuing innocent lives like just because yeah. you're hearing Helen, like, say that there's kids on board. When you followed Syndrome this whole time and you knew his master plan was to unleash a robot to devastate a city. And not only that, but you just (laughs) killed, like, hundreds of superheroes. Like, you helped him kill hundreds of superheroes. That's true. But I think with um, with the evil, like, master plan, his master plan wasn't to actually hurt people. It was to make it threatening like it would hurt people but right. he had it under control and the make whole time him the hero yeah. so that he was the hero like right. i don't know that he i mean aside from being a serial killer when it comes to murdering supers yeah right you know. just that little tidbit <laughs> yeah well aside also that, he's a pretty good guy <laughs> yeah. he said he made all this money killers. from se- yeah from selling yeah. weapons which I don't know how you guys feel. I'm not trying to get political here, but maybe arms dealers aren't the greatest people in the world because you're not free of guilt by just being the one, oh, I didn't kill those kids, but I gave the weapons to the people who... (laughs) Wasn't that, like, literally a whole thing in the Marvel Universe, how Tony Stark used to be an arms dealer and, like, that made him a lot of enemies and... I'm just yeah. saying, the S on his chest is for serial killer. Yeah, okay? it is. It is. But yeah, it's. I think you're right. I think it is, like, she knew what she was signing up for. Yeah. It wasn't until her own life was affected that suddenly she made a twist. Like, at the end of the day, she is a selfish character. Yeah. Like, I really think so. It is surprising that they didn't, like, touch on her after the fact. Like yeah. you said, like, we don't it, see her She again. just gets left on the yeah. island. They yep. launch a rocket. She's like, just ask nicely and I'll launch a rocket for you. Yep. And then and it's that's like, it. okay, see you later. Yep. And, like, even yeah. the henchmen on the island, like... Nothing happens to them, obviously. Except for the like, ones that get unalived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One by a coconut, another by like a giant ball thing that transports everyone. Yeah. Well, there's no real closure for Bomb Voyage either. No, nope. he I was mean, in Ratatouille. Kind of... He quit oh and he's gosh. a mime. <laughs> he's it's, living his best life. It's kind of a staple of this, though, because I think we see kind of the same thing in Incredibles 2. And that's one yeah. thing that I was mentioning during the movie, too. I was like, it's weird that um, at least. In my opinion, I thought it would have been cool if instead of killing all of the superheroes, um, if like he brainwashed them and made them work for him. But that's pretty much the plot of Incredibles 2. Yeah. <laughs> so um, they did kind of touch on that later. But I didn't like the whole part where, or I guess the whole aspect of the movie where like every time Mr. Incredible and Mirage were alone, all of a sudden they came like, they had like the most seductive voices on. Yeah. And I was like, I would have beat her ass too if yeah. I was Elastigirl. Like, Punch was deserved. I feel like they were really laying in on like the spy aspect of the movie where they're like, oh, they're supposed to be super cool and sound like suave. Yeah. But every time they were in a in a room together, they were like, it's 2.30. Just like very like breathy and like seductive. And I was like, why? How does like, it compare? Yes. Yes. Everything is, is amazing. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, that's just, yeah, that's the, obviously his movie bars a bunch of trips, and that's like yeah. the James Bond, where he always has the Bond girl. Yes. Yeah. But, like, why is she wearing, a, like, a cat suit to dinner? Like, yeah. she's wearing, like, a black leather dress that's, like, super low cut. Um, it just, I, I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> like, it's the, it's the allure of the superhero lifestyle, yeah. you know, and to Mr. Incredible's you know, thing. he never falls for it. He, like, yeah. plays into it, but he's too much of a himbo to actually, yeah, like... too much of a himbo! To actually, like, try true. to, like, do anything <laughs> with it, but... I think, That's so true. I think as, like, an adult, though, Mr. Incredible was so annoying. Yeah, yeah. he was, a, like, a... In my opinion, I was like, he is a deadbeat dad. He's yeah. just doing, like, everything he can to relive the glory days and abandon his family. I think it showed him... I, I think we picked up on the movie... Where he was already at his like three, what well, because they, they said they just moved to a house for three years, yeah. and that, that has been he, they've been relocated multiple times, and like he was burnt out at his job. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying that I, I agree that right, he was obviously being a really crappy dad at that time, but I think that was the like they just wanted to skip the rest of it, just yeah. kind of say, hey, they already did all this stuff. He's at the point now where he is burnt out at his dead end job, yeah, with his awful boss, and they've already been through all this, and it's. Kids are at that stage where, right, they're always at each other's throats. And Helen feels the burnout, too, but of course yeah. she's just, she's And being she's a doing superhero. everything, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she's doing everything. The literal right. superhero yeah. of the movie. Yeah. Which is why I love that they focus on her in Incredibles mm-hmm. too. I'm like, yep. she deserves she it She deserves so it. make him Mr. Mom. Exactly. I love yep. that. I think, I think especially, like, watching this movie... It just makes me want to watch Incredibles too. Like yeah. I feel like that's one thing that's really good about this movie is it makes me just want to see more and see like how Elastigirl is in the second movie and see like how they do her justice and um, like I said we kind of get some revenge in a way for like Mr. Incredible having to see what she went through every day. Yep. Um, yeah, and Elastigirl in Incredibles two gets also her own sort of ego trip. Yeah. You know, her own sort of like she struggle. also gets tempted by like, oh, that's right, I was a badass. Yeah. Like I could do this again. So yep. it's it's all the same. I mean that's you know, again another superhero trope it. is dealing with their egos. Yeah. I love it. I mean, how do you guys feel about superhero movies in general? Like is this does this even stand up to other superhero movies? Because I feel like it kind of gives a little bit different of, like, a view on superhero movies. But then again, you have, like, Avengers, where they're saving the planet. And yeah. it's just, it's, like, a higher scale. I mean, more risk, I like it. I think, I do think that the world in general is getting a little superheroed out at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people are getting tired of constant superhero content always coming out. I mean, I like Marvel, obviously. Yeah. I, my favorite Marvel movie is the Captain America Civil War, like, but I like movies where there's a lot of, like, emotional stakes and a lot of complication. Like, the reason I really like the first, like, wave of the Avengers and stuff, and especially Bucky, was, like, the idea of, like, this character who was brainwashed and he has to reckon now with, like, wanting to be good and all the terrible things Mm -hmm. that he did. And, like, I like that type of, like, depth to it. I'm less into, like, punchy punchy, always save the day, like... It's that kind of superhero stuff. Like, I think, because I've just seen it so many times, it's played out. I like the complication. I like a good struggle with high stakes, whether it's personal or, you know, elsewhere. Uh, So, yeah. I mean, I like, like I said, I like superhero movies, but I like now when they're a little bit different and have a little bit, something that makes them unique instead of just, like I said, everybody's teaming up to defeat a bad guy. I think superhero movies are only ever as good as a supervillain. 
That's, that's fair. Why, that's why uh, Avengers Endgame and yeah, yeah. Infinity War were the best, because Thanos is an iconic villain. Yeah. And I think for the movie, Syndrome was a great villain. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's what made it work. I think that a lot of movies, a lot of superhero movies, especially nowadays, have really weak villains, or just really like, come on, how many times can Batman fight the Joker? Yeah. Like, come on, we've been here before. Yeah. But... Uh, I think Syndrome and, you know, having that there were, right, like Steph said, there's the backstory and the complication behind, like, how he wants, how he views and how, how Mr. Incredible should be. basically made the villain. Yes. Yeah, how, I like right, stuff then, like that. Then Mr. Incredible yeah. feels that it's his job to undo his wrongs yeah. from the past. Yeah. Even though he's already, t- you know, he said it's 15 years too late. Yeah. Right. Um, so... Yeah, I, I think that that's what gives it a thumbs up for me and what makes other superhero movies kind of meh. Yeah. I don't, I really liked the whole societies against the superheroes yeah. trope in this movie. Um, so I guess to kind of add on to that, um, I mean, I thought that different uh, perspective. And again, like you guys, we've already touched on, but like the city's destroyed mm-hmm. after, you know, superheroes mm-hmm. intervene. And so, like, it, what's the world with superheroes as average people? I thought that was a really yeah. cute twist. Yeah. And I just looked it up, and I was actually shocked to see that this came out before, like, any Marvel movie. Iron Man fact, 1 was yeah. 2007, right? 2008. 2008. Yeah. Yeah, and this was so, 2004. So that was crazy to me that, like, they came up with all these ideas before we even had, like, the MCU and stuff The biggest like one would have been yeah. Spider-Man, right? And then Spider-Man yeah, 2, which came out the same year. Yeah. Is this one? That we had superhero movies, but they're not like they are now. They're very Batman goofy. And Robin. <laughs> yeah, Batman and Robin, but they're very goofy and they were very comic book heavy. Yeah. And less like I don't want to say realistic, but mm-hmm. like they were less the way that we know. driven. Yeah, like we didn't have the Dark Knight yet. Yeah. We didn't have the Batman. We didn't have any of that. I think even the Batman didn't come out till like two thousand five. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of it before this was like big names like trying to get big names big action sequences and it wasn't so much like no let's create characters that people can actually identify with and enjoy and let's create actual backstories for them no it was just jim carrey as the riddler (laughs) and danny devito as the penguin and like that was our extent of like villains and and silliness so yeah and i think the one part too that was really touching was when um, Mr. Incredible at the end doesn't want his family to fight because he's like, I'm not strong enough for you guys to be injured or taken out. You know, yeah, I just right. thought I went through that and, you know, he was almost like destroyed by grief. And so yeah. I think, again, we saw something similar like with uh, Civil War. Yeah. And so just getting that impact of that statement, I, I really liked that part. Yeah. I thought that was good. Yeah. And not only that, but he also had a part where he was like, Almost like, could I be a villain? Like, he threatened Mirage after he thought his family was dead. So it's like, he did have that split moment where he was like, I could do something really bad right now just to make myself feel a little bit better. But, like, is that the right thing to do in the end? Yeah, we like some complexity. We We like a little bit of something deeper than just punch, punch, fight, fight, dramatic music. Incompetent henchmen. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me right now? (laughs) Literally, they're like flying their planes into each other, into like the cliff. There was literally one henchman that was good at his job. And I was like, I hope he lived because he did great. Um, I hope he, I hope he's doing well. <laughs> He'll be the super villain of Incredibles 3. Three yeah. 
He tried to murder children. Yeah, I hope he's doing well. But who didn't in this movie? I'm sorry. Bomb Voyage put a bomb on Incrediboy's jacket. Well, that was deserved. (laughs) That one's fine. We can let that one slide. He would have saved us all a lot of trouble. That's true. He he was actually trying to save all the superheroes' lives. Oh my god, he was like Don Cheadle's character in Endgame, where he's like, what if we go back to baby Thanos? And And they're like, that's horrible. And he's like, it's Thanos. (laughs) That's what you gotta do. You're right. I'm with you. He could have saved us a lot of trouble. You know what? I'm rooting for Bomb Voyage. She's yeah. the hero of this. Bomb Perignon. <laughs> Bomb Perignon. That's I so good. I can't. Um, All right. I'm good. <laughs> like, Do we want to move into our critic ratings? Yeah. All right. The Incredibles received an 8 out of 10 on IMDb, a 97% critic wow. rating on Rotten Tomatoes, a surprising 75% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes, and 5 out of 5 stars on Common Sense Media. I'm shocked that it's so much lower. So WTF. much lower. F. Wild. Did he get like review bombed at some point for gotta, some reason? Like gotta. that's interesting. Interesting. Very too interesting. Much, too much murdering for the parents. I, know. Know. I guess. Too wow. much fun for the parents. The kids didn't want to watch it anymore. <laughs> um, People were jealous of Mrs. Incredibles, the junk in her trunk. The dump truck. <laughs> I was like, booty's given BBL. Yeah. I can understand. Um, also, like, can we just? acknowledge how twisted their relationship was at one point because like there was a huge explosion and they were like I love you just like (laughs) the chaos yes I was like do you love him or murder um so we can rate the Incredibles on a scale from A plus to F minus A plus meaning this movie is so fun it's a new take on superhero movies and it's one of a kind I will always love any film Samuel L. Jackson is in always (laughs) F minus meaning this film is not incredible. It makes me wish I had a memory erasing machine and the quality of this movie might be the only thing beneath the underminer. Based on this rating scale, <laughs> what do you think The Incredibles deserves? I want to give it that low rating. But <laughs> <laughs> nothing is beneath me. Um, I would give it an A minus. Um, again, just going back to my one criticism, which is just... I loved every moment as I'm watching the movie, but yeah. I reserve A and A plus for like the highly rewatchable. And I had a great time watching it, but I don't think I would go back and rewatch it here, you know, for maybe another handful of years. Yeah. Whereas there are other movies that would I would rewatch much sooner. That's understandable. Jackie Quillen? I think I have to go with an A. Um, for me the whole Bob Parr pity party for himself is the only reason I think I couldn't rewatch this on like a daily basis. Just but, like yeah. a man. Just like <laughs> 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 yeah, I think that's it. So A for me. I would probably give this I wish there was a a little slot between A plus and A, because that's what I would give it. I know this movie has its flaws, so I'm gonna give it an A. Um, but again, it is in my top five, just to clarify, (laughs) it is in my top five. It's like one of my favorites. I could watch this any day. I think it's so much fun. Nice. I'm also going to give this an A minus probably for the same reasons as basically what everybody else has said. Just Mm -hmm. the, the Bob pity party for so much of the movie is hard to watch and it like makes me a little depressed (laughs) for like a good chunk of this movie where I feel like movies like up where it's the sad part is just quickly at the beginning and it's (laughs) It's not like, it's not like 20 minutes of the movie. So yeah, this is good. I don't think I'm going to rewatch it constantly, but I absolutely do want to rewatch it. So it's going to stick in the A category, just an A minus for me. 
And we highly recommend that you guys also watch Jack Jack Attack and yeah. baby, the Edna babysitting yes. mini <laughs> short. Auntie Edna. Edna. <laughs> so good. So good. All right, guys. Well, if you don't already, make sure to give us a follow on social media. We can be found on Instagram and TikTok at Chasing Childhood Podcast and on Facebook at Just Chasing Childhood. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everyone. Bon voyage. <laughs> <laughs> bon voyage. <Perignon. laughs>